athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Thank you for joining me on another edition of Pox to Row. We've got a good show lined up for you today. Um, as a matter of fact, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs back-to-back Super Bowl winners. And, and even before, because I want to talk about the game between the Chiefs and the 49ers, um, thoughts and prayers are with Lisa Lopez Galvan, who uh, a prominent DJ uh, in Kansas City, mother of two, was uh, killed during a shooting at the Chiefs parade, a shooting at the Chiefs parade. Like, that's the last, I mean, I guess anything can happen anywhere. That's the last place you would expect something like that to happen. It's a celebration of the Chiefs. The city is very much involved in for something like this to happen. And it wasn't a terrorist deal. Like, it appears to be a dispute some kind of dispute uh, that happened that ha- that in this happened at the parade it is uh, it is so so sad i mean thoughts and prayers i mean you had children that had gunshots like 22 people were shot we mentioned lisa lopez galvan passing away the others were treated i think there were like 11 children so you had you know you had families I, I just, you know, it, it, it is it is extremely uh, not only sad, but it is it is extremely uh, disappointing uh, as well. And again, our thoughts and prayers go out to Lisa Lopez Galvan's family. We've got our, our affiliate there uh, in Kansas City, KCPZ, uh, as a matter of fact. And uh, boy, this is just very, very tragic. I'm going to talk. Super Bowl, give you my thoughts, uh, and we, we've got some other NFL news. Um, I mean, look, the 49ers just didn't get it done at the end of the day and give all the credit in the world. Like, like you know, there's, I don't know, there's blame to go around, you know, certainly, but I, it's just one of those deals to me where the Chiefs found a way to win and now Steve Wilkes is the former defensive coordinator of the 49ers. Steve Wilkes just cannot seem to catch a break. And I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure it's probably happened, but I'm not sure if I've ever seen a time that after a team played in the Super Bowl, win or lose, but in this instance, you would look at a situation and see if a team lost 
a specific coach and even more specifically, a coordinator was fired. Now, I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I don't know that it has, but this certainly stands out. So we'll talk a little bit more about that on the program as well. Look, uh, let me set the table for you today here on Box to Road. Joining us on the program, Jerome Tang, the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State, going to join us on the program. K-State lost its last game, but if you go back to last week, a big win over rival Kansas, and as a matter of fact, Jerome Tang in his second season as the head coach at Kansas State last year, the Wildcats made it all the way to the Elite Eight. Made it all the way to the Elite Eight. And so we're going to talk with Jerome Tang, the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State today here on the program. Look, you can join us. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Let me say this. I, I, I had never been to San Francisco. Never been to San Francisco before. I don't even think I've even stopped at the airport in San Francisco and it was a it was a city that I you know would would definitely had had, had I'm not going to say on my bucket list but would love to have had the opportunity to visit so it's the wife's birthday well her birthday was a couple of months ago but anyway we you, you know for a birthday gift we got tickets she's a huge Golden State Warriors fan uh, was able to secure tickets to the game against Phoenix. What a game that was, uh, by the way, on Saturday night. And this is the thing. Like, these tickets gave it to her, gave her this gift for her birthday. That was back in November. So now the game is going to take place in February. So you're talking about two months or so. And in the NBA, I mean, in the in all sports, but in the NBA, you, you just never know how injuries are going to play a factor. Look, if you look on the Phoenix side, you look at Bradley Beal. He's he's played as of late, although he's injured now. But he's played he had played as of late. But, you know, he was he was injured for a good part of the season. I think Devin Booker was pretty consistent. Kevin Durant has been pretty consistent, even though he's getting up there in age. He's had some little knickknacks here or there. And then if you look on the Golden State side, look at Draymond Green. He was suspended uh, for, I guess it ended up being like 11 games or whatever it was. So you never know. You you had the assistant coach that passed away for Golden State. So you had all of these different, anything could have happened in terms of the game, not necessarily living up to its billing, but all of the major players to be involved in the game if they were, in fact, going to participate. Guys sometimes have nights off, although on a big game like this, on a big stage, a nationally televised game, uh, the a game the day before the Super Bowl, look, you, you want everybody to be there. And guess what? All of the key principles were there. Steph Curry, uh, even if you want to look at Draymond Green, if you want to look at Jonathan Kaminga, if you want to look at Clay Thompson, you know, certainly on the Golden State side, and then the big three plus Nurkic available for the Suns. So, like, all of the all of the particulars were there. Like, you couldn't have asked for much more than to have 
all of the principals participate in the game, everybody ready to rock and roll, and the game played out in the way it played out in with Steph Curry hitting that three-pointer that put Phoenix up, or excuse me, put Golden State up by two in Phoenix with another opportunity to tie the game and couldn't. It, it just was a fantastic game, a great atmosphere. Uh, listen, San Francisco, uh, the Bay Area, I, I should say, and Oakland previous too, because if you look at, uh, if you want to be specific, for so many years, the Warriors were in Oakland, and now for the last, I don't know, what has it been, three, three or four years, the Warriors have been in San Francisco, I think it was after the pandemic, so maybe the last, uh, the, the initial, or when the pandemic first started, so the last, you know, two or three years, the Warriors have been in San Francisco. It's an amazing atmosphere. We had a, a phenomenal time. Uh, the food at the arena was good. They even had the, um, they had like the rally towels and, you know, a T-shirt sitting in your seat. It was absolutely fantastic. And by the way, if you've never been to San Francisco, like San Francisco is one of the more underrated cities to me. We talk about New York. If you're going West Coast, you're talking about L.A. uh, because it's L.A. And then a lot of, you know, you talk about Vegas, right? When you talk about some of these cities to visit, San Francisco to me may be one of the more underrated cities. And I think in part, because the weather's not great. Like the average, the weather is, is now it was decent. Like the, the winters aren't true winters. Like we see maybe in the Northeast or on the East coast from like maybe North Carolina up. They're not true winters. You're not going to get snow. It's not going to be, it's rarely going to be in the daytime, you know, 30, 40 degrees. Mostly it's in the fifties. At night, it's going to be in the 40s. It's not that brutal cold that we're going to see even here in the state in the east. And we're in the central part of North Carolina. It's not even like that. Okay, so maybe that's part of it. The weather's not the greatest. You're not going to see in the summertime. Oh, let's go jump in the pool because it's 85, 90 degrees. It's not like that either. It's like 70 degrees with, uh, from my understanding, you may have like 15 days in the summer where it's in the 90s or maybe even in the in the mid 80s to the 90s like it doesn't get hot either maybe that's part of it look we had a chance to take a tour where we went right under the golden gate bridge um also we went right past alcatraz and I, I, there was the, the the alcatraz uprising uh not not uprising but the occupation that took place for like 18 months or something like that with Native Americans, I had no idea about that. I, I, there, it was fascinating. I'll just put it like that. Some of the neighborhoods um, are great. The wharf is great. We had an absolute grand time in San Francisco. And look, I'm not trying to do a plug or some kind of commercial for San Francisco. I'm just telling you, if you haven't been, there's plenty to, to do. It's one of the more underrated cities. It's a big city. I think San Francisco's like the fourth largest, fourth or fifth largest city, something like that in the United States. Very much underrated and uh definitely a city I would say uh you check out. And that we're at NBA All-Star 
uh, weekend, the the NBA break, if you will, even though we're more than halfway through the season. Uh, look, we'll, we, we may talk some NBA here today on the program, but that, I'll tell you, if you had a chance to watch that Warriors and Suns game, believe me, it was even better in person. Had an absolute grand time in San Francisco. So we got plenty more here uh, on the program to get to. And as I mentioned, we're going to be joined by Jerome Tang, the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State. And as a matter of fact, that conversation is going to take place up next. Don't move. We've got plenty more of Box to Row with Jerome Tang also on deck. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Omari Hardwick, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Hey there, fellow travelers, it's me, the Hotel Wiz. Before you go anywhere, call me day or night for hotel rates too low to publish. I'll save you up to 75% on over 500,000 hotels across the globe. You see, I've already done the research, so you don't have to spend time online trying to find the best deal. That's up to 75% off. Just call me, the Hotel Wiz. It's a free call, and you get instant access to rates too low to publish with no cancellation fees. Make a free call now and save up to 75% off your hotel rooms the next time you're going somewhere for business or pleasure. Call the Hotel Wiz now and get instant access to rates too low to publish. 800 811-3471 800-811-3471 800-811-3471 Call the Hotel Wiz right now for rates too low to publish at 800-811-3471 it's the 60th Bob Hayes Invitational Track Meet, March 14 through 16. Track events will be held at Hodges Stadium on the campus of UNF. Thursday, March 14, the annual Hall of Fame Gala at the Potter's House International. Friday, March 15, the first collegiate meet at 10 a.m. And the Coach Day Middle School Track Meet, 5 p.m. On Saturday, March 16, the annual Bob Hayes Invitational Track and Field Meet at 8.30 a.m. at Hodges Stadium. For information and tickets, visit bhitm22.org. Presented by the City of Jacksonville and Pepsi. We track down the names making news in sports. From the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. Let's continue here on Box to Row. We are joined by a gentleman, as a matter of fact, he's in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State. The, the Kansas State right now, 15-9, and nine, the Wildcats 15-9 and nine on the season. Five and six in Big 12 play, got a game on Saturday, as a matter of fact. Before that, he spent 20 seasons as an assistant coach at Baylor, part of the national championship team in 2021 he is the pride of san bernando trinidad and tobago he's jerome tang he joins us here (laughs) on box to row what's going on coach tang man i'm doing wonderful thank you for having me on absolutely it's a pleasure to have you i want to start here just kind of get your thoughts on the season to this point um you know uh we are plugging away whenever you put a new group together it takes a while for everybody to get on the same page um, we face some adversity with some injuries and you know losing uh, a really vital part of our team and 
Um, but the guys have been so resilient and in just continuing to move forward. You know, we say, uh, you know, our, our, our goal is to go one and oh in every aspect of the day. And I feel like I got a group that's trying to do that. And, um, you know, we've been uh, we've won, you know, six overtime games, which shows to their toughness, their resilience, their belief, their ability to execute in pressure situations. Uh, we've lost an, uh, another two or three that have been really close games. So, you know, I, I feel like um, we are in the right direction in this league. We play in the Big 12, which is the best basketball league in the country. If you can go nine and nine in conference, you're, you should be in the NCAA tournament, no doubt. And so uh, that, that's been our focus and feel like we're, we're on track for that. No doubt about it. And you and I were sort of talking about, you know, a little bit about the um, the Big 12 and just before we came on and how tough, you know, it really, really is. Um, can you speak to sort of how it's changed? I mean, it, it, you know, all conference play is tough across conferences, right? But like, to your point, a, a, a an even record, maybe even slightly under 500, what could yeah. get you into the tournament? Yeah, no, I was uh, talking with some other coaches and listening to some of the analytic guys with the numbers. And, you know, Iowa State got in a couple of years ago at, with 7 and 11. And this year, 7 and 11 or 8 and 10 could get you in. I just know that with our team, we, we've locked in on, you know, let, let, let's get 9 and 9. Let's get 9 conference wins and take it one game at a time. But, you know, over the last 10 years, you know, um, we've had multiple teams get to the Final Four, you know, Texas Tech and, um, you know, Oklahoma. and I mean, just, just you know, on, on down, Kansas and Baylor both winning national championships, which I was blessed to be a part of. And uh, so uh, we got great coaches, Hall of Fame coaches. And when you add Houston, you know, to your, your conference and um, Kelvin Sampson down there, and that's another team that's been to the Final Four in, in the last few years. And uh, and the great basketball environments that we play in. This is a basketball league, right? I mean, it, it is a basketball league with with fan bases that appreciate the game. And so every night you're playing in front of packed houses and Hall of Fame coaches on the other end and lottery picks on everybody's roster. So, you know, uh, uh, there's, there's back when I was a kid growing up, it was, you know, the Big East was rolling a little bit and, you know, with Georgetown and John Thompson and, and those guys. And then the ACC kind of rose up, but, you know, if you're a kid today, the conference you want to play in is the Big 12. Yeah, no doubt about it. For you, let me take you back to last week. It's a big win. I mean, all wins in the Big 12 are big wins. It's a big win overtime <laughs> win last week against Kansas. Like, absolutely huge. And I might add, after four straight losses again, Big 12 play is tough. Take us through that. An over One of the overtime victories you mentioned over a tough Kansas, a rivalry game, uh, of course. Yeah, no, that game is super important to our fans. I know that. Um, and our alumni uh, just, you know, it just carries extra weight. Um, we we as a team, we try to, you know, focus on every game, go 1-0 and and win or lose. We put it in the box and move on. But I understand how important it is to our fans. So it was huge to win that at home. And uh, for the second year in a row and both times in overtime. And so uh, really probably feel like, you know, it really enhances our resume. And uh, we just have to keep figuring out how we're going to, you know, win our home games and see if we can steal one on the road at some point in time. Jerome Tang again in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State. He joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Tang, if I could take you back a little bit um, to last year and your first season making the run 
to the Elite Eight in year one. And it's interesting because I watched this K-State team. And, yeah, you may have bowed out, you know, a little bit earlier than you would have liked in the Big 12 tournament. But, again, we talked about the Big 12 and how tough it is. Speak to that run that you and the Wildcats were able to make in your first season. Yeah, well, um, you know, the situation at the Big 12 tournament, you know how they say styles make fights, you know, and they're just some styles that just are not a good fight for you. And TCU with Mike Miles and that group last year, that was just not a good matchup for us. And so, um, you know, the, we, we got beat in the Big 12 tournament. But what it did, it gave us a couple of days to regroup before the NCAA tournament. And, um, you know, just that our group was so excited to play. And the hardest game to win in the tournament is the first one. And so with, you know, playing a really good Montana State team that it was in a tournament the year before that had played uh, another Big 12 team that had finished third, you know, the year before, those guys had a lot of motivation and uh, we was able to get that win. And then, you know, having some New York City kids, we have four kids from New York on our roster. And with the chance to, you know, beat Kentucky, to go back, go to Madison Square Garden, to go home for those guys, I knew we'd be motivated. And when you have a great point guard like Marquise Noel and, and a great player like Keontae Johnson, you got two All-Americans on your roster. You know, it ain't about the coaching. It's about players making plays. And, you know, that Kentucky game, it was, you know, the Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson show. And um, it, it was awesome. The team stepped up. We got to go to New York and play a really good Michigan State team and in Madison Square Garden. And, you know, that's things that those guys, you know, they, they dreamt about doing. You know, Naquan Tomlin dreamt about playing in Madison Square Garden. Marquise Noel dreamt about it. It's Masood. You know, Taiki, you know, Green dreamt about that stuff. And so for them to be back home and be able to play that game and in front of that crowd and it be that kind of game, right? Like a overtime game, you know, Keontae, Marquise throws a lob to Keontae, he dunks it backwards, and then we come up with a defensive stop. It was awesome. Now, I fell a little short with, with um, you know, Florida Atlantic, but hats off to Florida Atlantic because they took care of business and, and uh, they, they they gave their best when their best was was required. And we fell a little bit short on that, but um, so proud of those guys, man. So proud of the what we did and the, the groundwork that was laid. And now the goal is to build on that and because we believe we can win a national championship here at Kansas State. Jerome Tang again, the head men's basketball coach at K-State, joins us here on the program. What's this week been like? It's a little bit different, right, because you generally would have, okay, you'd have a Saturday game, then a, a weekday game, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. But you've, you know, you played last week. You don't play again till this upcoming Saturday against TCU. Is that a, is that do you like that? I mean, you seem to have been in a rhythm. Is it good to kind of have a a little bit of a reprieve, if you will? You know, um, if we beat TCU on Saturday, I'm gonna tell you that I really like this break. <laughs> and if we don't, I'll be like, man, I didn't like that. you know, us coaches, man, we, it's all depends on what happens with those games. But you know, sometimes like. Uh, it's kind of like playing a big Monday game. Then you get a couple, you get to give your guys a couple of days off before you prepare for the Saturday game. Well, this gave us one extra day or so to, to give them, you know, to, to recover. And then, you know, today, you know, they got some shooting, some lifting in, and we'll get started on the game plan tomorrow. And, uh, but, you know, the, the break in the middle, I, I, you know, I can't tell you if I like it or don't like it. It's the first time we've had one in years. And uh, so I'll know uh, how it works out. Uh, I know like right now everybody's a little banged up. So any kind of extra rest you can get is good. 
Cam Carter, I, I got to talk about him because, you know, he started obviously for you last year, but I mean, he's a young man that's leading your team in scoring at 15.9 points per game. He averaged, averaged in single digits last year, understandably so, because he had some, you know, some guys that were in front of him. But can you speak to the jump that he's made from last year to this year? Yeah, no, what Cam did is really embrace the, the role that was going to be available for him. He saw what Marquise and Keontae did on a daily basis on how they prepared and how they worked. And when those guys left, um, he was not afraid to step into those shoes and uh, and take on the responsibility. And I told him, like, he went from being a player last year to being a weapon this year and um, and at the top of everyone's scouting report. And to be at the top of people's scouting report and be able to deliver, I mean, you're doing something at this level and so very proud of his work ethic very proud of his focus his approach and um there's still better basketball for him to be played moving forward and then your thoughts uh as you host tcu on saturday your thoughts on the on tcu (laughs) man they are the old one of the oldest teams in college basketball uh they have weapons at every position they can um they have great size so they can switch you know, and take away a lot of your actions. Um, their 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 defense was a, like because they can score so well um, early on. I don't know that they was focused defensively, but Jamie's done a great job recently of emphasizing that. And you know, I watched what they did to West Virginia last night, and it, it, it didn't look pretty. You know, and so um, we have our work cut out for us. Um, it, it's going to be a hard fought game, but you know, I, when when we play the Octagon of Doom, man, uh, I, I like our chances. Jerome Tang is the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State. He joins us here on the program. The Wildcats are going to host TCU on Saturday. Should be a great Big 12 game. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back with more of our conversation with Kansas State head men's basketball coach Jerome Tang. Keep it locked. Couple of more thoughts with Jerome Tang, the head men's basketball coach at K State. Coach Ke- Tang, I, I mentioned, you know, when we came on, the pride of San Fernando, Trinidad, and Tobago. Growing up there, and I think I read where you moved to to the um, the U.S. Virgin Islands, St. Thomas, to be specific. Yeah. Did you did you did you grow up wanting to be a college basketball coach? No, uh, I, I was born in Trinidad. I was there till I was three. And then we moved to St. Croix in the Virgin Islands, right? And uh, everybody here at St. Thomas, St. Croix is really the place you want to go visit, all right? I'm just, if you want to really feel what the island is like, yeah, go, let's, let's go to St. Croix. All right. Uh, right, yeah, that, that, that's it. And so um, was in, lived in St. Croix till I was 10, and I still go back there as often as possible. If it wasn't for COVID, I'd been back every summer with my kids and my wife. You know, we just love it there. And um, so, you know, I, I can't tell you I grew up wanting to be a basketball coach, but in 1979, I watched Magic Johnson play Larry Bird for the NCAA championship, and I fell in love with college basketball. And um, since that time, I've always wanted to try and be a part of it in some shape or form. I uh, wasn't good enough as a player uh, to play Division One basketball, but I was still passionate about the game. And just kept getting better and kept getting better as a player. And and while I was getting better, I was learning that you could get better and you could teach others to get better. And uh, realized that I wanted that that's the that's the role I wanted to have to help somebody else reach their dream. And God opened the door for me to be able to be a high school coach for ten years at a 
a Christian school in Cleveland, Texas, uh, where I was also the youth pastor at the church. And uh, my ministry is uh, basketball, you know, uh, and is it's sharing the gospel in, in different forms of fashion. God just moved me from behind a pulpit to a basketball court. And I did that for 10 years at Heritage Christian and God moved me to, to Baylor. And I was there for 19 and uh, I was willing to be there as long as he wanted me to be there. Uh, and then he opened the door for me to be here at Kansas State. And so my, um, my, it's still a ministry, right? It's still a ministry. Just happened to do it on a basketball court. And, and these young men, God's given them great platforms. And if we can give them the foundation that they need to withstand the pressures of this platform, then they're going to have a presence um, that they can uh, impact other people's lives moving forward. I think that's interesting be, mentioning being behind the pulpit. So can you speak to how, and I know you, you mentioned behind the pulpit, this is your ministry in terms of, of basketball as well. Can you also speak to how you're able to share your faith with others? Yeah, you know, um, I, I heard a, a pastor a long time ago, I think it was uh, Billy Graham that said, uh, every day preach the gospel and sometimes use words. Right. And uh, that's the thing. It's like it's not about what we tell these dudes. It's about what they see us live and how they see us love each other, how they see us be patient and kind to each other, how they see us be accepting of each other. And because uh, that's what, you know, Jesus called us to do. He said, uh, you know, all men would know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Not if you judge one another, not if you correct one, one another, not if you try to get everybody to fit in a certain box. It's just loving people. And so um, my staff and I, we try to uh, let our guys see what it is to be a good husband, what it looks like, and to be a good father. And to, you know, just, just to bring it every day, be present, right? And uh, if we can have young men who are going to grow up and they're going to be there for their families, right? When things are tough, they're going to make the next right decision because that's what tough people tough people do you know when when things aren't going the way they want they're not going to quit they're going to keep fighting keep be committed to the the, the decisions they've made and then we're going to have men who are going to be there for their children and raise the next generation of families and and that to me is is the gospel that i share beautiful 10 years as an assistant 20 years 20 years as an assistant at Baylor with the last, I guess, five or so as the associate head coach. Did you ever think this opportunity was going to come that you'd be a head coach, uh, specifically at the Division One level? You know, I always wanted to be one, and I think I even was trying, right, like trying to figure out how to get it done. But it wasn't until I was willing to tell God that I didn't need to be a head coach. Right? It wasn't, Lord, if you want me to be an assistant for the rest of my life, I'm okay with that. It was about three or four years ago that I did that. And uh, and I even told them, if you want me to stop coaching and go into another form of ministry, I'm okay with that too, right? Whatever it is you have for me, I'm okay with because I am, I am secure in who I am as a man. I didn't need that title. I didn't need, you know, to be the guy on the sideline. I didn't need be that because being a good husband, being a good father, being a man of God and, and impacting people's lives, I was fulfilled and secure. I didn't need to win the national championship. I didn't need to win the Big 12 championship. You know, those were just icing on the cake, right? Like it, I didn't need it. Uh, I was secure. And when I think when I was able to come to that point in my life, God then said, okay, now you're ready. And he opened the door for me. And my, now my, my goal is to point to these guys' lives and to help my staff reach their goals and dreams. Right? This thing is not about me. It's about my staff. It's about our players. 
It's about showing that there's a way that we can use this platform that God's given us uh, for more than just wins and losses and celebrity status and things like that, but to, but to really impact the next generation. Some last thoughts, Coach Tang, because I want to respect the time. I think this is a great conversation. I'd like to know, what are you learning sort of about yourself and now your second season as the head men's coach there at Kansas State? Yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm learning that, like, uh, my plan and how I want things to go are not necessarily the best way or the, the best timing of things that I, I that every – Every team, every season, and with the changing landscape of college basketball where you don't necessarily get guys for three or four years, right? And there's a revolving door that uh, you have to take each one, um, each player, and then each team uh, as their own entity and and figure out what makes them click, right? And and figure out the timing. We're, We're doing teaching in January and February. Um, because we, we don't get guys till August, you know what I mean? And normally you're not teaching you, you're just refining stuff. And, but we're still teaching because we got new guys. And so I, I can't be impatient. Um, and I, I have to, um, like, uh, give more leash to some of the guys and the team to, to allow the mistakes to be made so that then we can, um, help them continue to move forward. And, you know, also this thing is not easy, man. And and uh, we, I tell us that we, we, we want to celebrate wins, man. And don't 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 let wins go to our head, and don't let losses go to our hearts, man. Mm. And then just keep getting better. You know, going one to know in every aspect of it, and and it's challenging to me because like I feel like I can fix everything, but there's some things that can't be fixed. You just have to let them be the way they are and figure out the things that you can, and then then allow the team to keep moving forward. And then winning the national championship as the associate head coach, you were obviously recruited quite a few of those players. And by the way, for those that don't know, Coach Tang is 3-0 and <laughs> against Baylor as a head coach. Uh, yeah, that that's that's all players. That's not me. That's the players doing their thing. But, you know, the wonderful thing about Scott Drew is that he never made you feel like you were an assistant or you were an associate, or you were, or whatever. He, he always made it feel like we were all part of something special doing it together, right? And he didn't take the credit for it. So, you know, winning the national championship, I felt like I was the coach that won the national championship, and he made everyone feel that way. And, uh, and he still does. And, and I hope that I can have that kind of an impact and, and give my, my staff and our players that kind of a feel that this is their program that they they own this program. I'm just I just happen to be a, a part of it, and we all are a part of it moving forward. And so, yeah, man, man, one of the best experiences of my life, but because it didn't define me, you know, it's just just a, just something that I I could celebrate. Um, what defines me is my relationship with Jesus Christ, and and that uh, and that I'm a good husband and a good father. You know, those those are the things that that I, I want to define me. Very well said. And then last thought, UVI, you, do you keep up? Like UVI is in the, as uh, you know, in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. I don't know how much um, basketball, how important, I don't, I don't know if that's the correct, but anyway, how, how it was when you were coming up in terms of um, basketball, the emphasis, I should say, that was placed on it. But, you know, they, 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 they're doing their thing in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference now. Well, I knew that they had gotten in a, a new conference and they've got a new coach and um, 
And because one of the guys on my staff, Marco Bourne, is a big NAIA guy, and he he pays attention to it. So and and so so I mean he he's we pay attention to all the basketball. Now growing up, I wasn't a basketball guy. I didn't I didn't know in Saint Croix I wasn't into basketball necessarily, or you know we played a bunch of different sports, soccer, cricket, all kind of things. And so I didn't become a basketball guy until I came over here. And so I, I do know that we are playing in Saint Thomas next year for um that tournament uh that they have right before thanksgiving right around thanksgiving time and looking forward to dream dowling who's also from st croix and me and my family going back and um just just having a great time there on the islands we played in it when i was at baylor in 2007 and we won it and I, i'm looking forward to going back to it again jerome tang again in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State. The Wildcats going to be at home on Saturday hosting TCU. Coach Tang, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Wildcats. Man, thank you very much for having me on. This was a pleasure. God bless and, and looking forward to doing this again soon. We certainly look forward to it, Coach Tang. Jerome Tang, the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State joining us here on the program. You talk about Big 12 basketball and I mean, look, the Big 12, if I look at these RPI rankings, the Big 12 is number one right now, just a, a one-hundredths, one-hundredths of a point ahead of the SEC in terms of the RPI. And as I was mentioning, you know, a, a, a sub-500 record could still get you into the tournament because the rankings are are so high for the RPI for the Big 12. The Big 12 is an unbelievable conference. And think about this. The Big 12 was formed in 1994. There have been three Big 12 teams that have won national, have won NCAA Division I a national championship, won the whole thing, won the whole tournament. Two of those, Kansas, and, you're, and the other, Baylor, you're talking about Baylor and Kansas going back-to-back in 2021-2022 with Kansas winning the first national championship for the Big 12 in 2008. And so it's not a conference. When you talk about the last 30 years up until maybe the last – I mean, Kansas has always been a force – but then, you know, you had some tough games, but it was mainly Kansas. And then everybody else, when you thought about the Big 12, not anymore. We've seen Kansas fall twice in the last couple of weeks. You look at a Kansas State team that beat Kansas and then, you know, has beaten some teams this year, but have lost to some teams this year. And really, while the Wildcats have some work to do. They have, they have some work to do, some tough games remaining. But I think that this is a Wildcats program that can get it done. Look, the Wildcats weren't necessarily great down the stretch last year. Lost in the first round, as we talked about with Coach Tang, of the Big 12 tournament, yet rebounded to make it all the way to the Elite Eight. We've got more of Box to Row on the other side. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here. Right here. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. 
uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Right here. What up, what up? Yo, 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 yo. Okay, KK. Let's continue here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Clark Atlanta. The Panthers 20 and 4 on the season, 14 and 4 in SIAC play. Got a big game, as a matter of fact, a rivalry game on Saturday against Morehouse. And of course, Alfred Jordan joins us here. He's the head men's basketball coach of the Panthers. He joins us here on Box to Row. What's going on, coach? Jordan, how are you? Uh, I'm doing very well. Um, first and foremost, I want to say thank you for allowing me to come onto your platform and to sit down and talk with me. Um, you know, we're in the mix of a very good season, you know, after rebuilding from last year. And right now we're just enjoying the process and we're taking all the ups and downs and the highs and lows that come with this season and also in a very tough SIAC conference. No doubt about it. You speak about the highs and lows, the highs, a 13-game winning streak. The low is just a low. It's just something that it happens. You've, you, you know, you've dropped a couple of games in the SIC is tough play, a loss last night to Miles 61 uh, to 58. Talk about, you know, sort of your thoughts on that game. Uh, to me, that was the closest thing that we've been in this season as far as the championship environment from start to finish. I thought the officiating was amazing last night. You know, I think Fred Watson, he had his guys prepared. We had our guys prepared. You know, it came down to the last shot which we missed. And, you know, we had about two or three games this year when it came down to the last shot and we actually made it. And, you know, you just go through your growing pains. And like I mentioned before, I would rather go through our growing pains now than to go through our growing pains in the SIAC tournament. But, you know, the atmosphere last night in Birmingham was amazing. Both teams played at a very high level. Um, you know, I think that was probably one of the better played SIAC games all season. You know, it should have been nationally televised if you ask me, but that's a different story for a different day. 13 straight wins prior to that. I mean, you really had, you know, sort of you really had your I mean, you have your team playing well, it's no doubt. But you guys must have been in a zone. I mean, it, it's hard to win 13 games in a row, particularly in conference. Yes, our guys have been locked in since they got here in August. We have a lot of guys that have a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, we have nine new guys in in total on this roster. You know, we started the season off with a very good win over a Division I school, Mercer College. And then after we beat Mercer, we had won six in a row. And, you know, when everyone was singing the praises, I thought we were pretty much ahead of the schedule because, you know, whenever you get a roster turnaround like we had, I thought it would take a little bit – for us to gel, but, you know, we gel early, took a couple of roadblocks, and um, then, you know, we went on that amazing 13-game stretch after the Christmas break. You know, we all had a team meeting, and we just was talking about the values in the uh, culture because what happens when you're a part of a winning program, sometimes the outside chatter can get to you as a player on, you know, you guys are winning, but what are your numbers? And, you know, I always tell our guys, you know, no one's going to remember a stat sheet, but they'll always remember a banner. 
And, you know, once guys brought into that, you know, we hit an amazing stride. And trust me when I tell you, we're far from done. Alfred Jordan in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Clark Atlanta. He joins us here on Box to Row. 8-20 last year. I mean, you talk about a turnaround. That's got to be one of the biggest turnarounds in the country. I mean, to your point, you're not done. Plenty of season left to be played, but you're already at 20 wins when you had uh, what eight wins. You had tw- you had 20 losses last year. You got 20 wins this year. Speak to that and in, in sort of how this the process of this turnaround. Well, you know, one of the uh, famous quotes that I got from a coach I used to work with, he always used to say it's not about the X's and O's and that a lot of the times it comes down to the Jimmy's and the Joe's. So I got the job last year. It was in September. So I had inherited my team that I had last year. And, you know, kudos to those guys, because if you ever got a chance to uh, watch us play last year, those guys played their hearts out for me. And, you know, we came up short in those games because we didn't have guys that were used to being in situations where they might have had to take over and close out the game. Uh, You know, I I worked my tail off last year recruiting and the recruiting class that I brought in this year, they fit the X's and O's. And, you know, sometimes that, you know, they're out there and I actually allowed them to play because of the trust and confidence that we have as players and coaches. And, I mean, the results are just showing. Yeah, speak to some of the players. I mean, Chris Martin, obviously, I mean, you know, he's a guy that had 20 points for you last night. He's averaging 18.8, you know, points per game this year. One of the leaders, if not the leader, uh, in terms of scoring in the SIAC. Speak to some of those players that you recruit. And, 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 and well, let me, even before that, let me preface by asking, is this really more of a newer team or do you have quite a few holdovers from last year that are contributing to you this year? Oh, it's a, it's a bunch of new guys. Uh, you know, I can start with Chris. A funny story, you know, back in 2020, I actually was offered the head coaching job at Clark Atlanta, but then COVID hit. And once the season was canceled, we didn't move forward. And I actually had recruited Chris back then, and he actually stayed down with me through the entire process. And then, you know, once in August, it was made the decision that they wasn't going to have the season. He actually still came to Clark Atlanta, and we always kept in contact so it became like a full circle moment for me to get the chance to coach him this year, his final year. And um, then, you know, you have the, the the Stewart twins, Andrew and Eli, that I actually coached with for a year when I was over at Morehouse as the associate head coach. And um, Jalen Naismith, point guard from New York, that when I was at the University of Arkansas, Little Rock, I recruited him hard. Also, Shimani Fuller, big guy. Uh, he's a Western Michigan transfer, also a Bronx, New York guy that I was recruiting. And, um, you know, a lot of these guys that we have now are almost full circle guys that I had relationships for three or four years. And, you know, they came in and um, Kyrie Kane, you know, I can't speak enough about Kyrie Kane that we have from Georgia Highlands. I think he's probably the best defensive player in the country. And what he does for us is, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, I spent a lot of time last year in the Tennessee Juco League recruiting Xavier Griffith, who is probably one of the the best mismatch problems in the conference. And, you know, my holdovers from last year, uh, Desmond Perkins, he's been riddled with injuries this year, started the season out pretty hot for us and uh, hasn't played in quite a while. Uh, Jalen Williams, you know, he's been accepting his role. And actually last night he had a good game. He had a, Nine points, nine rebounds, and um, Demetrius Hetspiff, who's one of our glue guys, 
he's also brought into uh, winning and not worrying about, you know, how many minutes he plays. And whenever he steps on the court, he gives us everything that he has. Alfred Jordan, again, the head men's basketball coach at Clark Atlanta. He joins us here on the program. What does it mean? Let me even before I talk about that. So you, you mentioned being at Little Rock. Um, so uh, and then this, this is your second year. You mentioned COVID. You were going to take the job here uh, or there at, uh, at, at Clark. So did you go back to Little Rock after it didn't pan out with COVID? What, what happened in between that time? of COVID and, and, and now you having the job, which of course you, you got the job last year at Clark. Well, a lot of people didn't know. I actually went a year without coaching half the country thought I was still at the university of Arkansas, Little Rock, the other half of the country thought I was at Clark Atlanta. And um, actually I was in the in the house with the fam for a whole year. And um, when things were looking grim and like they weren't going to work out with Clark Atlanta university, uh, I called my good friend, Douglas Whitler, that is the head coach at Morehouse College. And um, it was almost like a surreal moment because when we were both assistants prior to me leaving to go to the University of Arkansas Little Rock, we spoke almost daily about, you know, when we both got a chance to be the head coaches at our alma mater. And, um, you know, I had told him, you know, I'm a free agent and I'm willing to come and volunteer. But he was saying, it's funny you called me because I was calling to offer you my associate head coaching job. And, you know, it was almost like a match made in heaven working together. We took our bumps and bruises in the first half of the season. Then, you know, I was able to bring in two guys, uh, uh, Noah Morgan and Evan Williams. And we won 18 games in a row together at Morehouse. And, of course, after us having such a successful season at Morehouse, our next door neighbor, which is originally my home, Clark Atlanta University, they gave me that phone call to come back home. I think that is so cool. We had Doug Whitler on the show, as a matter of fact, last week. I think that's really, really cool to the point that you mentioned. Both of the schools are rivals. You're right there in Atlanta. You're at your alma mater. He's at his. You guys work together. I think that's really, really cool. Speaking about such, so tomorrow you are at Morehouse. Uh, rivalry, big game there in the A. Speak to some of the challenges that the Maroon Tigers present. Well, um, and this is no disrespect to any team in the conference. I always tell my guys our biggest challenge is ourselves. You know, if we go in and we do exactly what we're supposed to do, I'm never concerned and I'm never worried. And I'm and I say that in the most humble way because I watch these guys put in the work and how hard they work on a daily basis. And um, you know, throughout the season, most of the games, whenever we drop the game or whenever teams went on runs. A lot of the things was more so what we weren't doing opposed to what the teams were doing. And, you know, when you play against a rival, all bets go out the window. You know, you you, you just never know what could happen. You could flip a coin. We could be up 20. And then in the second half, you could flip a coin. They could be up 20. But I'm going to knock on wood because we don't want that to happen tomorrow. But um, one thing about Coach Whitler, he's a Detroit guy. So, you know, with him being a Detroit guy, he's a big 10 guy. And if you know anything about the big 10, they normally have teams that are limp and they're big. And um, when I seen his uh, recruiting class this year, I called him and I said, you know, that's a Douglas Whitler team. And what they do very, very well with that limp and that athleticism, they can pretty much switch one through five, which is something that you don't normally see on this level. And when they switch one through five, their fives can literally guard point guards. So, you know, for us, it's pretty much trying to find a mismatch when they do switch and make sure if, you know, they don't do good switches that, you know, we attack them with slips and backdoor cuts and things of that nature. But um, 
the way they, that he has those two freshmen over there playing is absolutely amazing. And I always used to tell him, and I always used to tell God bless the dead, uh, Grady Brewer, they do a damn good job when it comes to getting uh, high school freshmen from Atlanta that come in and make a major impact out the gate because uh, said Taylor and DJ Mitchell, when I tell you I pray every night that I don't have to see them for the next three years after this year, I think if that duo stays together, um, the great Tyrus Walker, that's a Morehouse alumni, he may get a run for his money because those two young fellas over there are amazing. And um, after we actually won the game here in Epps, I pulled them both to the side and I told them, you know, stay the course. What a lot of people don't understand and don't realize, outside of this rival, me and Coach Whitler, that's like my brother. Like we talk every day, we exchange notes, we tell each other what we have to do. And, you know, I know that's probably not the hot take people want to hear when it comes to the rival, but I always pay my respects and my homage to him because what he did for me, I was in that uh, space of not having a job. I'll forever be indebted in him. And, um, you know, I always say, if it's if it's not us, why not them? We always rather keep those wins and those championships in the AUC. Man, I think that is so cool. Alfred Jordan, again, in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Clark, joining us here on the program. The Panthers and the Maroon Tigers going to get it on tomorrow on the campus of Morehouse. Coach Jordan, this is our first time conversing. Man, I really enjoy um, your enthusiasm, uh, the conversation, your candor. Uh, I love the relationship that you and, uh, well, in, in, having you spoke on it, you and Coach Whitler uh, have continued success to you and the Panthers. I appreciate you. Great conversation with Alfred Jordan. Look, my time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Alfred Jordan. Thank you to Jerome Lang for joining us today here on Box to Row. We've got great content on our website at BoxToRow.com on our YouTube page. If you missed any one of these conversations, check out the Box to Row YouTube page as well. And always remember to support those that support. Yo, Box to Row is produced by DW Communications.